Today's episode is brought to you by Craftsy. Whether you're new to making or looking to advance skills in a favorite hobby, Craftsy is the place to learn. With over 1,500 classes, there's something for everyone, from knitting and sewing to baking and cooking, gardening, embroidery, quilting, and more. Visit CraftsyOffers.com today and get a full year of Craftsy Premium Membership for just $3. That's 97% off the regular price. Start turning ideas into projects you can be proud of. Thank you so much, Craftsy. And now, here's the show. Welcome to episode 216 of the Craft Industry Alliance podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg. Craft Industry Alliance is a community for craft professionals where you can strengthen your creative business, stay up to date on industry news, and build connections within our supportive trade association. Check it out at craftindustryalliance.org. Today on the show, we are talking about fashion design with my guest, Whitney Manny. A Kansas City, Missouri native, Whitney graduated from the Kansas City Art Institute in 2012 with a BFA in fibers. With a desire to create art in a wearable format, Manny creates garments and textile designs under her independent label, Whitney Manny. Manny's work has been featured in major press outlets and numerous art and fashion blogs. She's featured in the PBS show, Make 48 and My World 2. And has, created, has, and has her work featured in the brand new Peacock series, Bel Air. Manny is a member of the 2021 American Craft Council Emerging Artist Cohort. And she's also the recipient of the 2020 Joanne Minority Creative Grant, along with numerous other grants. Her collections have been retailed at boutiques, including Halls, Kansas City, and showcased in more than a dozen runway and gallery shows. Creating a narrative between color and pattern is a signature of Manny's work. She believes her job isn't done until everybody in the world believes fashion is art. Whitney, Manny, welcome. Hello. I am so excited to talk to you. Um, I love your work and I love watching you work on Instagram. (laughs) You do some great in-process videos that are just like enviably beautiful and fun to watch. Thank you. So it's very exciting to have you here. And um, and we're going to get to talk all about fashion, which is an incredible topic. So um, so it sounds like you are really a Kansas City person. Is that right? Have did you grow up in Kansas City as well? Yes, I am a KC girl through and through. Um, I am so proud to be an artist based in the Midwest. It's so important to me and my practice. Um, So yeah, I like to say I am KC born, worldwide fly. Um, So I am born and raised here. I did live in Phoenix, Arizona for about three years um, during my high school years. But yep, I am KC through and through. And I, Kansas City really strikes me as a town that is very creative. I mean, Hallmark... Mm -hmm is headquartered in Kansas City. And because that's such a huge company and they employ so many artistic people, maybe that's sort of one of the the genesis or roots of the creativity there. But do you feel like Kansas City is a good city for artists? Oh, my goodness. Yes, it is. Um, And I mean, we have amazing museums. I mean, the Nelson Atkins, the Kemper Contemporary Museum. Um, Our arts district is amazing. Uh, We have the Kansas City Art Institute, which, you know, has nationally and world-renowned programs. Um, And, you know, of course, Hallmark and really Kansas City is also one of the birthplaces of jazz also. So we have so much creative history here. I do like to say like Kansas City is like a little big city because to everybody that's from here, I think a lot of times we take for granted what we have here. We don't realize. And then, you know, we have people that come from out of state and we've had a lot of people that have been moving, yeah. you know, from the bigger cities to KC now. And they're like, yo, y'all are tripping. Like you got this, this and this. And so sometimes it takes a little outside influence to kind of wake us up and be like, oh yeah, we are like pretty hype. We got a lot happening here. Yeah. But 
there is so much creativity here. It's truly amazing. Yeah, it seems like a great place to live. That's that's so cool. I need to come and visit because um, I keep meeting artists who live in Kansas City and I love yes. their work. So it's very cool. So um, so you said you went to like elementary school there. Were you like a maker as a kid? Were you drawing yeah. and painting and things like that? Yeah, so pretty much I, you know, lived here through age of 14. So 15 through like, I guess a little bit of 14 and then through 17, I was in Arizona and then came back home. Um, and yeah, I, every art class that I could take, I was in, my mama owned a daycare. And so pretty much all of her art class supplies, I had free reign too. So, <laughs> um, any art camp they could put me in, in the summertime, um, any art class that I could take, I would take. Um, and I really had a good, foundation early of you know my mama took us to the museums and uh we did you know went to the ballet and you know field trips like that outside of class but then also in school I was able to take a lot of different art classes in different mediums and that really helped me just have a great appreciation for art and then by the time I got to high school and we relocated I was able to go to a performing and fine arts uh high school so think fame um, <laughs> with a little less drama, I guess, but it was so fun. Cause you know, I could take mixed media. I learned screen printing. I did photography classes, my drawing classes, um, and really got to figure out what all of that would look like for me as a career. Yeah. What incredible opportunity. Um, and so that was in Phoenix and then, yes. uh, and then you came back. And so, um, so you went to the Kansas city art Institute Mm-hmm. As we talked about, did you know you wanted to focus on fibers or on, you know, clothing at that time? Or did you kind of enter school, art school being like, well, I'll figure it out when I get there? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I graduated high school in 2008. And what a time to graduate right. and figure out, like, make a life choice. Um, I mean, you talking about college didn't look like what I thought it was going to look like. Um, I grew up watching sitcoms like a different world and, you know, stuff like that. And you have this amazing, like, oh my God, college is going to be so fun. So amazing. And you get to your end of junior year and your senior year and you, your parents, you know, my parents were very realistic with me. Like, look, kiddo, (laughs) this is what can happen. This is what we think you should maybe do. Uh, you know, the economy is going this way. Um, you're going to have to, you know, really rely on scholarship and, you know, we can, you know, work to make, figure everything else out, but, you know, it's not going to be in your best interest to go to school clear across the country because, you know, you got to think about dorm and meal and how you're going to get to and from. Um, and so I had to really take that into consideration. It wasn't such a big lofty kind of fun choice. I went into school with a clear vision and goal, knowing that this was going to be the end result. I went into school knowing that school was going to be my last safety net. I'm a very realistic person, almost painfully realistic. (laughs) Um, And so I went into school knowing like, this is my last chance. I couldn't go into school like, oh, I'm figuring myself out. Right. And I really had to hit it hard and be just straight up and honest about it because uh, I had a lot of things riding on it. This was r- really my last chance to just tr- try things within the field that I knew I wanted to try in. And honestly, um, I tell you know, really, KCAI was not my first choice. I got into my first choice, but I could not afford to go to my first choice. Where did you want to go? I really wanted to go to Savannah College of Art and Design. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful there. Yeah. It's beautiful. But you know what? Um, That was not in the cards. And it honestly worked out because you looking at like, I'm like, I want to be a fashion designer. And I end up in a fibers program. Mm. That is two different worlds. Mm. But um, it was a little bit of push and pull. I joke a lot that I think out of my classmates, I might have been the most hard headed one. Um, But (laughs) because I knew what the end result was and a lot of my struggle during school was I just had no idea how to articulate it. Okay. But at the same time, it's one of those things, you know, I got to keep my grades up. I have 
a good chunk of my tuition is being covered by scholarships. So, you know, you got to keep your grades at a certain level. I want to do well. But at the same time, I'm here because I want to do I want to cultivate what being an artist means for me. Right. Right. Um, And so I had to kind of step out on faith to take those chances of like, I might not get the grade that I need on this. (laughs) Because you you had like your own, it sounds like you really had your own vision for the assignments and things like that that they were giving yes. you. And it might not have been the easy path to, a, a you know, straight A's, but you really yeah. wanted to sort of fulfill that vision. Exactly. And so, you know, that's where those like, okay, we're going to have to make sure uh, those grades in my electives and my art history classes <laughs> are really good and strong uh, because... I think it took me about till senior year before I got a B in studio. So, (laughs) and that was just because you were an outside the box thinker or you had your own idea of what the assignment should look like. Yes. I had my own idea and I was not willing to waver. Right. Um, and up until that point, um, and, and this is not, oh my Lord, this is not no, no shade, no, like, anything like that towards the program, our prior students, our class, I really think that the class that I was in, the class of 2012 of in fibers, we were the first ones, I think it was about four of us that were like, we want to do wearables. Mm. We want to do wearables in the sense of fashion, not something that is sitting in a gallery. Right. Um, my other classmates kind of went more non-traditional in the sense of their materials and how they were presenting. Cause I was like, I want to make fashion that I can wear every day. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be washed, reworn. I didn't want to do couture. I mean, this is the time where you have like the crazy costumes of like Lady Gaga and Katy yeah. Perry. Right. Yeah. And, um, um, McQueen, Alexander McQueen, right. um, Atlantis collection. So this was, this was that time of fashion. So they're looking at me like you should be doing this type of work. And I'm like, but that doesn't feel genuine to me. I don't want to do gowns. First of all, that's a whole nother skill set. So my skill set, I'm not interested in learning. <laughs> uh, you know, shout out to the people that have patience for that. But that was just not where my genius was, I felt. Um, and I was learning so many different things. You're talking about weaving, surface design, basket making, crocheting, knitting, you're learning the art of fibers, the art of textiles, spinning your own yarn. Yeah. All, all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's amazing. And I know that I can apply this to an everyday format. It's not high fashion, but it's not pedestrian fashion either. But I still want to be able to connect these fine art techniques that I'm making. So that's where it's like, that's where I came in. Right. It felt like. I was making this, not making it up as I was going, because that sounds kind of silly, but making it up as I'm going, I didn't necessarily have the right language to articulate that. And it really, a lot of times felt like I was fighting for my life because my point of view wasn't coming across. And Mm. I was, I was so frustrated because I knew what was in me and I knew that, you know, eventually we would be right here. (laughs) yeah it's hard to get people to see that if you are not showing up to because they're like well if that's what you want to do why aren't you showing up to critique with that work well because I'm here to learn Uh uh-huh and on top of being here to learn I'm 19 20 going through those you know struggles of life and you know (laughs) developing relationships and I know that my time is ticking see I, I was always like no I I got this is how many more years I have. I got to get ready. And this is also the time of Etsy is starting to boom. Mm -hmm. The girls on Tumblr, um, Tumblr was super popping at that time. And, you know, beauty YouTubers and I'm watching them of how they're building their business. And I said, okay, well, let me copy what they're doing, what steps they're doing. And you also have to take in consideration. I am from day one from my foundation year on. I'm saying I am going to be an entrepreneur. Right. You don't learn that in art school. No, and in fact, I think I think in some ways it's almost I don't want to say it's frowned upon, but you know, as you said, the sort of mentality of I'm going to we're training you to create art that's going to be in a gallery. It's not going to be craft. It's not going to be practical. And along with that, we're not teaching you the practical skills of building a business. Right. Right, and so. It's just, it it was just such a, 
process to not um, to not feel you don't want to feel combative. You don't want to come across, um, you know, like you just walking in with your fist up every day um, and you don't want to get just kind of feeling like, oh, well, maybe let me switch because, OK, now I'm starting to notice, OK, my eye for color is really strong. My mm. eye for for pattern is really strong. I love dyeing fabric. Um, I have a way of being able to combine hand process and digital process in a really unique way. Okay, so as time goes on, you're like, let me put these pieces together. Right. So I really, I did not, I felt like I just did not hit my stride until senior year in studio. My last half of junior year, it was like everything was starting to click. Mm. Um, but I'm still in critique and like in my, I'm still bringing in these analytical skills along with my conceptual skills. And it's like, okay, what I had to kind of just encourage myself, what you're doing is not necessarily wrong. It's just that it hasn't really been done in the program just yet. Right. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. And you know, out of that struggle sometimes can come really good things. And it sounds like you really got to know yourself and and there's a lot to be said for that, just coming to understand your own voice and your own strengths. Um, so even though it sounds like those years were hard, um, perhaps, you know, you wouldn't be where you are now without them. So, right. yeah, so that's good. So, so after graduation, did you immediately strike out on your own and start building this business or were there some <laughs> in-between steps? Yeah, I, um, so... The other interesting thing, too, was because I was going to a fibers program and not a fashion program, I knew that there was going to be certain skills that I did not learn. Right. Um, that would make me not a, honestly, not a great candidate for a lot of fashion industry jobs. Mm. Because of that, I went even harder <laughs> to set myself, up, set myself up for success as an entrepreneur because at 20, 21, I'm like, oh, nobody's going to hire me. So I'll just, I'll do it on my own. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I guess youth was on my side to make a decision like that. Um, and that's not to, because I feel like within my fibers program, I learned so much that I, so many things that I would not have learned in a fashion program. It's like vice versa. There's, right. a, there's a pro and a con. I still feel like I came out strong because a lot of that business stuff I did teach myself or I took extra classes and workshops outside of school um, to kind of beef me up in that department. My last, my second semester of junior year, I started like, okay, let's, what's your brand statement? What is your artist statement? What's your logo? okay, your cousin's a graphic designer. Maybe you should start talking to her about a website. So I started doing these branding things um, and like, okay, start building your Instagram. Um, and really did it without, it was, it was conscious, but it wasn't like a lot of extra effort. So by the time I graduated, I was, um, I was selling stuff on consignment in two stores. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, that fall, following graduation I was heading to Kansas City Fashion Week and St. Louis Fashion Week so it was like the ball was rolling realistically um was did I have enough business to be like I'm a full-time artist at that point absolutely not um but I just looked at it like okay you're gonna have to get a job that's fine have no problem working um you know even if something changes right now if I need to go cut fabric at Joanne I will um, to take care of myself and keep my studio going. And so I ended up working for six years at a dance studio. I do not dance, uh, but <laughs> I was, I was the studio manager, okay. office manager. Yeah. And so that allowed me to be able to work in the afternoons and evenings and on Saturday. So I would work there about 30 to 34 hours a week. So then my thought was I'll be available for a majority of business hours right during the day because business people work during business hours right and so I would go to studio when I graduate my studio was my parents basement um you know shout out to them for putting up with those shenanigans <laughs> um 
So from nine to three, I would be in studio um, and I would eventually go on to move, you know, move my stuff out of their house and have studio spaces. Um, And then I would get off of work and I was I would I would work after work. Right. Also. Um, Yeah. And that that was my schedule up until the point, you know, I would work. That was my consistent part-time job. And if I needed to do extra stuff for extra income, like I did virtual merchandising at the limited, I only had to do that a couple times a month. Uh, I was a contract seamstress for title boxing. Um, so I did that in between time, uh, teach workshops, stuff like that. Um, until it was like one day I was in studio. I was like, Oh, you've only been at studio for the last few months. Okay, you you are you've always been a full time artist, (laughs) but you are officially a full time artist. I want to take a minute now to talk about our sponsor, Craftsy. And here is a message from Craftsy. At Craftsy, we know making. Whether you're new to the handmade life or looking to advance your skills, we have classes for all maker levels and interests. From knitting and sewing to quilting and embroidery, cooking, baking, paper crafts, and more. Craftsy's instructors guide and encourage you, empowering you to turn ideas into realities. And they have an exclusive offer for Craft Industry Alliance podcast listeners. Right now, you can get a whole year of their premium membership for only $3. Visit CraftsyOffers.com to sign up and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. For only $3, you'll get a full year of access to over 1,500 premium full-length classes. It can be challenging to know where to go to learn new things, especially when you are an absolute beginner. Craftsy's instructors help build strong foundations as they teach, setting you up for success and helping you fix mistakes as you go. Their enthusiasm and strong teaching style make learning accessible to all. If you're an experienced maker and looking for new challenges and fresh projects, Craftsy is for you too. From perfecting your fondant skills to tackling complex stitches, from eye-catching garden design to next steps in sourdough, Craftsy has advanced classes in all crafts from instructors who are experts in their field. With over 1,500 classes, including downloadable patterns and recipes, Craftsy has a class and a craft for everyone. Visit Craftsy Offers today and get your year of Craftsy premium membership for just $3. That's 97% off the regular price. Start turning ideas into projects you can be proud of. Get this exclusive offer at CraftsyOffers.com. Thank you so much, Craftsy. And now, back to my conversation with Whitney. Yeah, that's amazing. That's an inspiring story, just to the amount of work that went Mm -hmm. into making that happen and the number of years that went into making that happen is is just incredibly inspiring. And you're, you know, as you said, you were always a full-time artist. Your dedication to that work um, is really was really important, an important part of this. Um, So when you did start working in your parents' basement studio Mm -hmm. and then moved out, uh, what kinds of things were you making? Yeah. Well, I, I will say that, and this is where the, the art school training of curating your own work Mm. and like that process of, concept to completion really kicked in because once you're out of art school, you don't have, you know, 10 other people giving you feedback right. or holding you accountable. You don't have no due dates from a teacher. If I say I'm going to do a collection, I have to sit there and say, what is this from May to September? What does this look like? What are my deadlines and how am I doing it? So I would do yearly collections um, it, it went from, okay, doing like KC fashion week and St. Louis fashion week to, okay, I think that I like runway, but runway only lasts for 10 minutes. And that was six or seven months of work. <laughs> right. So, you know, okay, 
let me partner with local galleries. And now I can create these collections. I can design the space like an installation, have a live opening night with models. And then after that, we install the work and it's up for a month and people can visit and interact with it as much as they want to. So it shifted into that. Um, and then also kind of went to, I, I knew I needed to figure out what does the business side, the product side of this look like. So a lot of time went into kind of developing that. What does the retail face of Whitney Manny look like? Right. Um, and kind of fumbling, bumbling and fumbling around in that area um, because it's so easy for me to think of this beautiful, grand, artistic idea. But if I can't replicate that, um, there's no business. <laughs> and so figuring out what that looked like, um, just trying a lot of different things. What does my retail presence look like if I am doing a pop-up or if I am retailing in a store? Halls Kansas City was my first big retail partnership. Um, and Halls is, is the department store owned by Hallmark. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. And so that's why it is. And so Halls is special to us in KC. Um, so if any KC listeners are listening, if you, you know, if you know, you know. And so I got that because I spoke at an arts event and the president was in the crowd that day and he just loved what I said so much and was like, OK, let's give you a chance. I only got to do it one time, but to get an order like that, a full floor set, you talking about full size runs and I'm sitting in that meeting and I'm just nodding my head. Yep. Yeah, uh-huh. We can do it. I got you. It's done. Um, and you looking at those units and you like, I got to sit here and sew all of this within so six weeks. Oh, wow. So, so what, has, what did they order? Like what, what, what was the collection made up so of? So this, this was from my Prima Rebel collection. Um, and so it was, some of it was merch. So some of it I could send off to have done. So it was like tees and embroidered hats, um, I had some handbags that time to this collection. It, it has so many pieces to it. So one of them was like a marbled organza dress. So I had like three of those um, raglan dresses that were made from like cotton jersey. So full, I mean, digital print fabrics. Um, so like knit dresses. Um, I try to remember. I, I had like oversized digital print um, T-shirt dresses. Just uh, so many different options um, and then some accessories, some handmade jewelry as well. And I got to work with the visual merchandiser, which was so amazing. Halls is known for their visual merchandising. So beautiful. Um, and we got to like they pulled artwork and we got to set it up. And I'm looking at this floor set and I'm in the contemporary department. So I'm with brands like at that time, Clover Canyon and Kate Spade mm, and wow. Elizabeth and James. Wow. And there's Whitney Manny. You're like, you wow. <laughs> and so it was like, oh my goodness, what the heck? I could not even believe it. Um, and it was so, at that time, th this was the biggest platform that I had. Right. And, you know, I'm building my name. I'm doing the things that I need to do. Um, and, you know, I, I was so scared. I asked uh, Kelly Cole, I was like, well, how did it do? You know, like, what do you think? And he's like, well, you know, we like for brands to do a sell through of, he say 60% mm -hmm. within the first two weeks. And he's like, but, you know, you only hit 41%. Mm -hmm. And I was like, only for a kid <laughs> that is unknown? You're talking about a 24-year-old? Right. Sat there and made all that stuff by hand. In six weeks, got it up right. in the store. <laughs> I was like, only, I, it was just so funny when he said that because I'm, that, that is in comparison to these international right. fashion yeah. houses, you know? So it was just such an amazing experience. Um, and just kind of helped me be like, you know what? You are on to something. We're, we're doing it. 
keep your head up. Let's go. (laughs) Absolutely. What an incredible opportunity. And so, all right, so you had that, you were figuring it out. There's your brand next to these incredible brands. Um, and you, you have a beautiful, um, online presence. I know you're in the midst of building a new website, but, um, but was the online piece of this or your Instagram piece of this important at that time too? Yes, because while I was in school, I mean, social media was beginning and booming. Um, and so I mentioned earlier Tumblr. Tumblr was like the best platform at the time, um, especially for college students and artists. Um, so I built like a pretty decent uh, presence on there and shifted it to Instagram. Um, and this was like the beginning of the days of Instagram, sure. right? So, yeah. Um, what maybe seven filters, the original logo. Um, and so I built up kind of like my personal Instagram and eventually moved on, shifted that to a business presence. Um, but I knew that web was important and it's so funny. I always had a function and website, um, started out my e-com did start out on Etsy. I did kind of become like, okay, I'm over it on Etsy. Uh, <laughs> no shade. I just felt like I'm doing all this building and work on somebody else's platform. Yeah. And it could literally be taken away from me at any moment. Um, and up until 2020, my majority of my e-com, not my, I'm sorry, majority of my sales income was from in person. Uh huh. I always put in the work to my online shops, um, but just could not, gain that traction there um in 2019 towards the end of 2019 i remember telling my mama um there's a a art fair here that happens i was just like i'm done i like this is too much i'm one person this is a lot we gotta shift this investment to online otherwise this is not sustainable Uh uh-huh it was just taking too much out of you to Prepare yeah. all of the things, get to the show, set ups, to be there yeah. all day and do that again and again. Yeah. So keep doing that because by the time you got, got all the inventory ready, loaded up the car, unload, mm-hmm. set up, I'm looking at the customer like I'm tired. I'm right. done. <laughs> and that's like I, the first customer of the day. <laughs> yes, yeah. And that's the first customer of the day. And you looking at, I still have eight more hours to go and to be happy and chipper and amazing. So y- y- listen, y- y'all give artists grace. <laughs> when it might seem like they face this tore up at the pop up, we've just already have like lived a whole life before we got there. Right. Um, and so I just kind of kept wrecking because about 20 towards the end of 2018 was when I moved um, to Squarespace. And so I was like, we're we going to make this work. And I was getting sales and was kind of picking up. So I was like, okay, I think we're trending to go ahead and turn this around. And Instagram, I was growing um, the business page. And so I was just like, let's let's shift focus to there. And then boom, 2020 happens. Everybody is forced (laughs) to go virtual. Um, And it was so funny because I did not, the, the, the work was already there. The foundation was there. It was just everybody kind of needed to pay attention to it. So because I was already there, it was like nothing to get everybody to go ahead. And and I think that you've hit on exactly what, um, what set some folks apart uh, during Mm -hmm. the pandemic, which is to say that they had the foundation. So they had already set up email, they'd already set up Mm e-commerce, they'd already set up social media marketing. And so when the time came where we had to use it to survive, mm-hmm. if you had it in place, you were prepared. Right. Yeah. It's one of, it's a true lesson of even though people are not paying attention to a certain area of your work or your business, still put the work in because you never know when something is just going to hit off. You, you just, you never know. Um, and it's a lot of extra hours. It's a lot of extra work. But my good, thank goodness, because I would have hated to be in that position where I lost basically all other income from my other <laughs> part time jobs and gigs and everything else to where now I'm trying to play catch up. Absolutely. And the funny thing is, too, that that week when the world shut down, we were actually on the way to do uh, the American Craft Council 
show in Atlanta. And so I had all this inventory, all this new work, a new capsule collection. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So within a week, me and my mama, we was up here studio, shot all the work. I was able to sell through at least, I think, about half of the inventory. Wow. Um, And I was like, okay, that's good enough for me. Yeah. And you didn't have to go. I mean, you couldn't go to the show. And so, right. you know, you could do it direct to consumer online. It's a, it's a different experience. And I want to talk about the um, the Joanne Minority yeah. Creative Grant um, initiative that they launched in 2020. And I, and I think it dovetails because my guess, and you can tell me as you know, you, you saw probably saw this opportunity and applied for it. But the folks at Joanne who are sifting through all the applications, and I'm sure they got hundreds or thousands yeah. probably of, of applications, probably th- many thousands, um, are looking at your online presence. Because how can yeah. they really determine what your work is like and who you are and things like that? And so again, having it a really robust online presence, both on social media and your own website, e-commerce, et cetera, again, really comes into play here. Oh, yes. And what's funny, I was planning on not applying because I was like, uh, eh. There's I, what what are my chances? It took, I think the last it was a few more days before it was due. And my auntie texted me and was like, wait, you better apply to this. Oh, and I was like, OK, well, my auntie told me to <laughs> let me go ahead because um, she was probably the fourth person that sent me the application. Mm. I was like, OK, I must need to go ahead and do this. And so we had do the the like kind of written questions part. We also had to do the video. And so whenever <laughs> there is like an image component, I'm like, OK, I think I have a good chance because I shot the video in my studio. And I think that week I had like a pink braided mohawk. You know, I was like, <laughs> let me let's lay it on. This is where the showmanship came in. And um, I remember I, I we did the application that was August of 2020. We didn't hear anything until October and so I had kind of forgotten about it. And I have to I have to force myself to forget about certain things. Otherwise, my nerves are going to get to me um, up until I hear back about it. And um, I heard from uh, Shantina Lily. Um, she emailed and was like, hey, I uh, just wanted to see if we could get a headshot from you. And I was like, hmm. OK. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, 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 I was like listen, uh, I don't know if this is a good side. She's like, we're finalizing. You know, we still haven't made final picks, but we just need to hash. And I'm like, okay. You know, everybody pray for me. I got that email. You've been chosen. You're one of 20. Wow. And that was also just one of the, 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 the next shift in my career that I needed. Mm. It, literally like the work I've been doing the work. I just needed that one thing to kind of that was the thing okay I've been building myself up locally and regionally I just needed that one thing to take my name around this country and that Joanne was the thing that did it um and I've been able to build a beautiful partnership with them Shantina shout out to Shantina and Callie um they have been so helpful that grant you know helped me get new machines um get fabrics just supplies that I needed um and also be a part of this class with other black creators who are now like family to me and um which is amazing and so for the 2021 class they uh joanne focused on supporting latinx creators and so i am just so excited to see how far this program can go and, and can be effective within so many communities um and then you know that relationship of now being a part of you know, the content creators for Joanne. Yeah, I know. Talk to us a little bit about that because you've created yes. some really incredible pieces for Thank them. You. And so um, how does that work? Like, are they just like, Whitney, come up with something? Or are they giving yeah. you a design brief? Or are they giving you a specific fabric? Or how does, how does uh-huh. that process work? So the the very first project they, they hired me for was for the uh, 2021 Black History Month campaign. And Shanti was like, I think you would be perfect for this. You want to give it a try? Um, we we're doing they uh, specifically they had a specific release um, of black history um, fabrics. Mm-hmm. So 
the uh I believe Paris Jackson amazing textile yes. designer she designed yep. the fabric she designed that collection and so I'm like okay great um I just the the brief was you know I was the fashion person of the group so create a wearable me and a couple other uh designers so create a wearable use a, a fabric from the collection they actually sent me which fabric they wanted me to use mm. and um you know it's a basic cotton and so I'm like okay what can I make? And I really, the time was winding down because <laughs> I was like stuck. I'm like, let me make a jacket. I love making jackets. Um, and that's how that came about. Did the shoot. Um, I think two nights before it was due and that it just kicked that off. And so I was able to do that one, the, um, international women's day, mm-hmm. um, the partnership that they had with, um, Tulip for uh tie-dye oh yeah um my favorite one and the one that seemed to be like the crowd favorite uh was the halloween campaign um where i did a uh, well what would you call it basically i did a life-size version of one of my favorite dolls um and turned turned myself into a doll so i did that one i did the national sewing month campaign that was whoo that was a a marathon because that was five weeks of content every week was a different theme um and then also did the kwanzaa campaign and then this year i did the black history month campaign again so i am anytime they email me i'm like yes i'm there what's up what y'all need and so Uh, tell me about like what are some of the things that that has brought you obviously you know you got the grant money and you got so you were able to you know invest in some new things right which is great and and obviously joanne has a huge presence online um but i guess you know it's it's one thing to be flattered to get these opportunities do Mm -hmm. the hard work and create something super creative and different and eye-catching do the photo shoot all of that but what what comes from it you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. beyond just like that was fun (laughs) you know yeah well the awesome thing is um especially with the content creation opportunities it gives me the space the space and the 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 resources to say I've had this idea in my sketchbook for so long I just haven't had the time or the money to try it mm. let me <laughs> let me try it yeah and Joanne is backing me on this so right. um it gives me that opportunity uh it elevates my platform um I was Mimi G style she oh, followed yeah. me on Instagram because of it. And I, she is, she's the best. I, well, she's the best, a hero in my eyes, yes. an icon. Um, and so, you know, being able to like link up with these people that I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I have been following your career forever. Like, right. Whoa, it expands your network. It expands yes, your, it expands network. your yeah. network. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, to be able to have built new partnerships with mm-hmm. brands directly, I'm going to start working with Velcro, um, mm, nice. working with Alpha. So, mm. And those things to- come about because they see your work because, on Joanne, or if you exactly. pitch them, you can point to I your have work. The right. strength. Yes, right. I have that that thing. Like I got this big brand backing mm-hmm. me up. Let's go. Let's work. Right. Um, and it's just it it has created so many opportunities for me to be able to invest in myself as well. Um, you know, I was able to hire my first assistant this mm. past summer. And to, you know, be able to like, I am paying this person and we are still able to turn the lights on every day. Right. And, and so I am still able to eat every day. You what, know? Like, what kind of things do you have your assistant um, doing? Because I think that that's a dream, too, for a lot of people. But then it's sometimes it's hard to understand, like, well, what how do I train them and, and what do I give yeah. them? You know, so um, basically I hired her for the summer only. So um, she was still in school. But um, it was like, okay, wait, this is going to be your test drive Mm -hmm. to see, to make sure. Because I was so worried. Like, I want, if somebody's going to depend on me for a chunk of their, you know, monthly income, I want to be able to make sure I can do it properly. Um, And so she was just a true studio assistant. I mean, there's some things where it's like, okay, we'll have these set tasks. But some days when you get that email and it's like, we need... Da, 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 da. And we need it in two weeks. Right. And it's like, okay, shift gears. Uh, yeah, and she was, got to see what a, what the studio of somebody ooh. who's a working artist is really like. 
Yes. Yeah. What, stu- what studio life is really like, because as much as I can plan, there are so many curveballs that are thrown mm-hmm. and there are so many things where I would be so silly to say no to. Right. Um, and a lot of that happened this summer. Um, but it was nice to be able to say, OK, let me put out this fire that just popped out of nowhere while you go ahead and handle like getting packaging together for these orders. Right. Or you reach out to these people for pickups. Some of that like kind of kind of boring stuff or, you know, I can get a garment to a certain point and you can do all the hymns. Right. You know, while I go ahead and get something else started or, you know, I draped this pattern. Can you go ahead and actually transfer it to flat stuff like that? Um, and then now I am I passed off. You know, I've been on the DIY train as far as my website goes for so long. Um, needed to upgrade to Squarespace 7.1. So I was like, let's go ahead and just hire somebody. Yeah. So, you know, pass that off. That has been such an experience. Um, <laughs> Cause I've never really hired anybody for something creatively. My branding and my look has all been me. Um, so it's been like, what did you journey. learn? Yeah. What did you learn <sighs> from working? Cause it is, it is true yeah. when you hire someone else, to yeah. look at your brand, look at your work, and then visually interpret that mm-hmm. as, you know, a sort of brand package and a website. It Sometimes you're like, okay, that's right. And then sometimes you're like, oh, that that's not me, yeah. what you just did. <laughs> yeah, it was hard. Yeah. Uh, and I told her, I was like, listen, I'm probably being the type of client that I hate to have. And I am <laughs> so sorry. And I'm telling you this now. I'm like, um, and it's worth it because, you know, I mean, custom code, it was, it's beautiful. It functions so well and does what I needed to do at such an advanced level on certain things that I just don't even understand or have the time to learn. Right. Um, and even then, it was certain things where I was like, is it OK if we kind of collab on this? Because, um, you know, the mixing and matching of certain patterns and colors, it's like I'm so exact about that stuff where it was like, OK, you go ahead and take the lead on that. Um And both of us are really happy with what has come with it. Um, And then also, you know, now finding a social media manager to work with. And so we'll start working together this month. Oh, nice. Um, And that's, you know, that's I'm not going to necessarily be handing over everything. It's going to be a collaborative effort, but at least like you know, a huge majority of that is going to be off of my plate. Yeah, it allows you to do more because it sometimes feels like an either or. Like either Mm -hmm. I do this creative project or Mm -hmm. I spend time, you know, creating something for Instagram. And it's like, because that's the only hour I have. So how am I going to spend my hour, you know? Yeah, and really getting to a system of, okay, this is the formula that is working. Um, Here's the things we can add in, we can mix in. and so doing that, I do I do need to hire a consistent part time assistant pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I now know, OK, this is what I can delegate. This is what that looks like. This is what I want the work culture to look like. This is how I want to be able to take care of this person. Yeah, uh, because it, there's so many things that I want to be able to take advantage of. Yeah, it was smart to do that as a summer mm-hmm. starter with a student. I think that's really smart because it's clear you know, there's going to be an end point. We're not firing you. You know, right. you're going to go back to school in September. Right. But, you know, it gives both of you a chance to learn in different ways. Mm-hmm. So that that was a smart way to start um, for, for people who are thinking, oh, okay, I want to hire. Maybe that's a good option, too. Um, and I wanted to talk, make sure we talk about the pieces that you have in the new show, Bel Air on Peacock. Yes. Um, I've heard great things about this show. I was so excited when I read your post to say that you had some pieces there. Yes. So how did that come about? Did they just find you or what did you make for them? Yes, they just found me. Um, <laughs> so Morgan Cooper, the creator of this um, reimagining of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, he is from Kansas City. Um, so the original, uh, trailer that he did is what kicked off actually creating like the full drama. Um, so he's from Kansas city shout out. I mean, he, I'm like, he's probably going to be so tired of hearing this, but shout out to him for involving as many Kansas city artists as Mm. he possibly could from visual artists, um, to, cause a lot of paintings that are in the show, those are Kansas city artists. Um, Aunt Viv's character, she is an artist. The art that they are using, like, oh, this is her art. That is a Kansas City artist. Nice. Um, 
and the music and and so I this was not even something that was on my radar that I thought was an opportunity um and I don't think any of us it wasn't like something that oh we have to submit for I think they just all kind of scouted us out. Uh, the crown that um, Jabari Banks, Will Smith, uh, the character Will Smith is wearing, is done by uh, a local metal jewelry artist. And so it's just like so amazing. And I it was I got a text. Hey, this is Fernando Rodriguez. Uh, we would love to use your work wow. for the character of Ashley Banks. I didn't have time to make anything new. When I tell you that turnaround... Um, <laughs> was so fast. It was like a week and a half. Wow. That. So it wasn't. And the character of Ashley, from what I can tell, she got cast later, like a lot later than the other characters. And so I think that might've also um, been a reason for like the really fast turnaround. Mm. Um, and when they reached out that she still, the actress still had not been cast. So there was no idea of like size or anything. It was just kind of like, Okay, they're like, make it as small as you can. And I was like, well, everything's already made because they had picked things that were on my website. That I say, yeah, yeah. And so some stuff it was like, I could edit um, some stuff. It was like, I don't have enough time to because, it, you know, once you cut it, it, right. it could become a whole nother animal. I'm like, I would rather send it too big, but nice <laughs> and of good quality than I'm trying to hack something and try to make it work. And now it looks crazy. Um, and so I sent that box weight, what, 25 pounds. Um, and you know, this is, I have never had something like this happen. Um, I, I've never had a pull agreement created. I mean, we're Googling and looking for templates and what does this mean and how do we do this? But I have to put on this front of, Oh, I'm a professional. No problem. (laughs) Yeah. No problem. We can do that. I don't want to look silly to them and, I, you know, I don't want them to be like, oh, girl, never mind. You don't seem like you have it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, quickly got all that stuff together. I sent a lot of stuff and I sent it with like, OK, with you have to be prepared for either them to send this box back with everything completely in it. And they say, never mind. Or you never see this box again and nothing get used. But look at you. You got the chance. Right. That's not normal. That's not like an everyday day thing sure. for yep. a lot of designers. Be proud of that. Um, and again, I had to do it and forget about it. You know, I was at FedEx sweating, counting, recounting everything. Like, you know, did nice packaging for everything. Thank you notes. Thank you gifts. Um, <laughs> I just really, I'm like, whoo, okay. And it's on its way to Universal Studios. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. So didn't hear anything. I didn't even know if they got the box. It was just like, okay, it's sent. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, Didn't hear anything until they started releasing previews on Bel Air's Instagram page. And I noticed that the character of Lisa had one of my scarves (gasps) tied as a head wrap. And I was like, (gasps) I I actually had sat there and watched the whole preview because I was going to watch the show regardless. You know, Morgan Cooper is from here. It's a dope concept. I'm going to watch the show regardless. And so... I was like, oh, that's a cute scarf and didn't think nothing of it. I said, wait a minute. That's my, my scarf. My painting. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, that's my scarf. I sent the screenshot and I was like, oh, my. Because, you know, this whole time you're freaking out. I mean, I sent skirts, joggers, cat suits, everything. Um, earrings, handbags, scarf. I sent so much different type of stuff. And mind you, this is only 10 episodes. Ashley, she's not in every episode either so it's also like you know like okay um I don't know what's going to get used but the character Lisa had that on I was like oh my gosh so then they did like a a specific preview for Ashley and I noticed she has on my earrings oh, I'm like oh nice uh, she has on earring another pair of earrings in the promo picture so um I had two scarves were used two pairs of earrings were used and a a top was used so nice. like a top that I actually cut and sold and you know, and this is artists. This is where the um, imposter syndrome sneaks in. I honestly was not going to say anything mm-hmm. about being a part of the show mm-hmm. until after the season was over, because my thought process was my small thinking was, well, what if 
only one thing gets used. That's not that serious, right? Like, don't make a big deal out of that. Mm. Um, how silly is that? Even to have one thing, <laughs> you know, it's like huge. Yeah. yeah. If they felt like using one of those scarves as a dinner napkin, <laughs> that's still amazing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and so, because, you know, my mama was like, no, send the press release. Mm. This is not normal. Mm. What are you saying? This you are from the town. A lot of people are being involved. You need to say something. Because right. at that point, other artists were starting to be featured on news, and I was still kind of like, oh, I don't want to say nothing. As soon as I sent that press release, I'm on Channel 41. Channel oh, 5. good, so I, good. I, I, and, and even even this morning, because somebody else sent an interview request, I kind I had to talk myself through it because I was like. Okay, because I kept feeling like, well, not well, you know, the skirt didn't get used or this dress didn't get used. I'm like, well, wait, they still have the box. That means still a possibility. Right. (laughs) Season two is happening. Yeah. And even if I don't get get, you know, asked back for season two, um, you have the experience of your work being featured in a show. Who's to say that another show won't contact you? Right. Or just something else. Like, stop talking yourself out of something. This is so amazing. This is so big. And I um, I had tweeted a while ago. I said, you know, the new this is a new way to think about my journey. Maybe I'm not taking up too much space. It's just that my territory is expanding. I love that. That's you know, so good. Because <laughs> I, I keep having this feeling every day. I have gotten to this point in my career, especially I never thought that I would get this far in Kansas City, Missouri. As yeah. a fashion designer, right? Every day, every time I get an email or a text or a call, and it's like, what? And who? How is this happening? It's like I can only equate it to I'm climbing this ladder that I am building. As I'm climbing it, I keep looking back, and the height is just getting higher and higher, and my stomach is dropping with each one, and my legs might feel a little bit shaky, but if I can just get that courage to put my hand on that next rung push my, you know, keep, keep climbing. I'm going to be okay. I'm really, I'm really the only one who can, can decide if I'm going to do something or not. My words are the only thing that's going to keep me small or keep me growing. Which, which side do I want to be on? Right. Gosh, that's so inspiring. Thank you for sharing that, Whitney. That's beautiful. Um, and, you know, you've got lots of other really great collaborations, some of which we, we didn't get to. Yeah. Um, I watched your your commercial for ConvertKit. Yeah. Uh, that was so good. I loved it. Um, you've Thank got you. other all kinds of other really cool collaborations. And I am just going to encourage everybody to go to uh, your website and see a little bit more. And, you know, I think that your style is very distinctive and very beautiful, bold, um, and different than what everyone else is doing. And, and I think that that's got to also be contributing to the success. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I want to make sure we get to your recommendations, um, yes. mostly because your first recommendation is roller skating. And yes. I've been doing this um, podcast for many years and I've never had anyone recommend roller skating, but I love roller skating. So I was happy to see this here. Yeah. Um, and really, it, it, I... To be able, some days I do skip studio if the weather is nice enough. You know, in the Midwest, we got to catch a sunny day when we can. But just anything to help you clear your head and be active and use your muscles in a different way, um, I just highly recommend. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and, and that's a great way. I, you know, it's it's exercise, but it's fun exercise. Yes. You know, and so it's not. it doesn't necessarily feel like going on a run or, you know, going to the gym or something like that. It's, right. It's interesting and fun. Um, right. So that's cool. And then you've also been working on Procreate because I know you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, you create a lot of um, digital uh, fabrics, you know, fabrics yes. that are printed, you're, you you do the design, the painting, whatever it might be, and then you create a digital repeat and have that printed and then you make um, fashion out of that. So yes. I'm, I, tell us a little bit about how you're using Procreate. Yeah, I am always, I am tied to a computer or an iPad at all times. Um, <laughs> I love using Procreate um, when I notice like I ha- I'm having like a certain motif kind of built, just something quick that I can quickly sketch, get like a nice clean drawing of, um, or, you know, 
if I did, drew something by hand, I can like snap a picture with my iPad, kind of trace over it, do it really quick. Um, cause I kind of move faster in there than I would illustrator. Um, but then I can have this thing like see quickly, like maybe what a repeat would look like if I like it. And then I can flesh it out in Photoshop or illustrator, you know, once I'm able to be in front of the desktop Mm -hmm. and it's nice too, especially when I'm working with clients, um, while we're kind of talking through ideas to kind of quickly sketch with them. Um, so it just, I, I love it. I love being able to, you know, use multiple programs that first of all, you know, keep me, um, moving in a streamlined process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you also have a half scale dress form. Yes. So what is that? What, how, what is that? How does that work? Yeah. So it's based, I have, you know, my, pro, my pro dress form, um, that I work on, but a, a half scale one, my, I feel like my Achilles heel as a designer really is pattern drafting. Um, I was only able to learn so much of it in school and have, taught myself a lot of it as well but I find it honestly it's one of the things that intimidate me the most and especially as a person that wants to keep growing and include more sizes within my range um keep growing towards being more diverse um in the size arena of fashion um pattern drafting scares the crap out of me but um, having a half scale dress form really helps me be able to get my ideas out faster, break those shapes down in a more simple way. I and see. it's really it's just like it's a smaller dress form and it's literally half the measurements are half of what a bigger dress form would be. So I can do it quick, scale it up, digitize faster. I can grade faster. Um, so, yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's super cool. And, you know, down the road. Mm-hmm. the pattern drafting piece of this might be something that you can actually outsource, you know, because oh, yes. so many that. designers do that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and that can certainly be part of your studio is that you have a pattern drafter who yes. who takes your concepts and, and makes the pattern pieces, yes. you know? Definite goals. Yeah, goals, right? I think that's super cool and and, t- and definitely within the, the realm of the near future, I feel like. So, well, Whitney, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Craft Industry Alliance podcast. It was really great talking to you. Thank you so much for having me, Abby. And you've been listening to the Craft Industry Alliance podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg. Today's episode was brought to you by Craftsy. Whether you're new to making or looking to advance skills in a favorite hobby, Craftsy is the place to learn. With over 1,500 classes, there's something for everyone. From knitting and sewing to baking and cooking, gardening, embroidery, quilting, and more. Visit CraftsyOffers.com today and get a full year of Craftsy Premium Membership for just $3. That's 97% off the regular price. Start turning ideas into projects you can be proud of. Thank you so much, Craftsy. Craft Industry Alliance is a community for craft professionals. And when you become a member of Craft Industry Alliance, you get in-depth coverage of craft industry news, the opportunity to connect with fellow professionals for advice and support, and access to an educational library filled with ideas, tools, and resources to help you as you build your business. Join us at craftindustryalliance.org. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time.